0: And so, it was me. That is to say, me. With a bag over my head, my hands bound with zip ties behind my back, campus security was dragging me by my arms while my mother was calling after me, Will, Will, hold on, I'll get Collins, we'll figure something out, you can't do this! But Kevin was drowning her out with triumphant cries of plagiarist walking, Plagiarist walking. We've got a plagiarist walking here. And I could feel them dragging me across the academic quad. We've got a plagiarist here. How repulsive, someone cried. He should be ashamed. They kept dragging me until finally I heard the sound of a door opening. Back in the old days, said one of the guards, we'd chain you to a radiator and beat your balls with a bamboo rod. (laughs) But I guess things have changed since the 70s. I heard the sound of an elevator clicking open. It was a familiar sound. Are we in the admin building? I asked. Silence, you pasty witch, said Kevin. You'll speak when spoken to now. I heard the sound of someone stepping out of the elevator and then Heloise saying, Is that Will? Hi, Heloise, I said through the muffled bag. It looks like Kentucky didn't go too well. Are you all right? He's been arrested, said Kevin. Please get out of the way so that I can escort my prisoner to the waiting room. What's his crime? Heloise asked. Did he do the hit and run in town last night? Worse, said Kevin. Plagiarism. Plagiarism? Oh my good God, that is serious. Will, don't worry. I'll start working on your appeal immediately. I'll try and get your name cleared. Do you know what class... I know as much as you do. Oh, God. All right, sit tight, Will. I'll figure out something. The elevator clicked shut. I felt us descending. See? I knew we were in the admin building. You don't know that, said Kevin. Now stop your crying. I'm not crying. One of the guards punched me in the ribs. Ow, I said. The door clicked open, and I could feel them leading me down the hallway. A door opened. They shoved me in, and for a moment I struggled until finally they picked me back up and set me down on a chair. "'Now,' said one of the guards, "'you'll remain here until a trial can be convened. It will be a swift trial of compassionate faculty members as judges. You will be swiftly found guilty, and your punishment will be administered without delay.' How do you know I'll be found guilty? I haven't had the trial yet. Kevin laughed. Chortled, even. (laughs) Oh, 317A, you're so naive. The Academic Honors Committee is ruthless. They have not one Ruth. They've never once turned down an opportunity for punishment. Count yourself lucky you haven't been taken out into the bushes and shot. You have fun in here, and consider this a time for reflection and penance. Kevin, please. All right, you've known me for two years now. You know I have never committed plagiarism. I've come out for all your fire drills. I've gone to all your late-night study sessions. I even went to the student union to watch you rap. Well, said Kevin, then chew on this. My name is MC Kev. Put your hands in the air. My name is MC Kev, and that is doesn't matter. Why not? I don't care. That would have been a better rhyme. Kevin clucked his tongue and said, and that is why you're here. Kevin, please. Suffering is good for the soul. will consider this a blessing. I heard the sound of the door slamming shut. Everything shut. I thought back to my time at the facility to pasta night. Pasta night had always been my favorite. Cooked spaghetti, meat sauce, from a can, but still good. Garlic bread, my favorite. Broccoli, always overcooked. I hadn't had well-cooked broccoli until last summer in my mother's house. But still, it was fantastic. I thought about the pool in the facility, how I used to swim laps there. Oh, I'd go and I'd go just for hours sometimes, and the music... I used to love writing songs. I hardly ever do it anymore. I wonder if I still remember any. Like, this is the song I hear in my head every night when I should be sleeping. Yeah, that's right. Goes round and round, all round and round, all round and round. All round and round, and I don't remember the other words to the song I made up, so I'll just stop singing because it sounds bad. My stomach groaned with hunger. My bladder cried for release. Excuse me, I said. Can I go to the fucking bathroom, please? But no answer came. I tried to think dry thoughts, dry thoughts like a desert, like a desert desert island surrounded by water. No, don't think about that. Don't don't think about that. A desert with cacti. Cacti and scorpions and all oh, those cute little owls. I love those owls. I bet when they squawk, they make little noises like, pee-pee! Fuck. No, don't think about that. Don't think about that. I crossed my legs and I bit my lip and I waited. Surely they wouldn't leave me here forever. Surely even now they were coming to judge me. And surely before that happened, I would be allotted a potty break. Or maybe not. Maybe there was nothing outside of this room. Maybe they were planning on leaving me here until after the Villa Americana trial started. I was one of the defendants, one of the witnesses slated to be called. The trial was slated to start in just a few weeks, and who knew how long they could hold me here? Maybe forever if they wanted to. Oh well. Better get comfy. The door opened, and a woman's voice said, Mr. Hughes? "'They're ready for you.' "'Ah, shit, I just got comfy. "'Do we have time for a bathroom break?' "'Oh,' she said. "'Goodness, no. "'The committee convenes for seconds, not minutes. "'Come on, sweetie, let's get you court ready.' "'Her hands lifted the bag off my head, "'and then I heard the sound of a key clicking in my handcuffs. "'They slid off. "'I stood up. "'My legs felt unsteady, "'and I realized that I'd been sitting for hours. "'I looked at the woman.' She was very friendly looking, middle aged, big glasses. Oh, uh, I think I've seen you around campus before. Yes, you have, silly Billy. My name is Dr. Bromwell. I'm in the math department. Oh. Hi. Now, I want you to relax. I know this case seems big and scary and whatnot, but I want to promise you these are your professors. They care for you. They don't want to punish you. And you get me as your representative, and I don't mean to brag, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be on the tenure track next year, so (laughs) you're in good hands. That's good to know, I said. Today has been so severely screwed up. Well, we're going to make your day just a little bit better. Would you like a Nutri-Grain bar? Ah, yeah, yeah, I'd love one. Do you have the apple cinnamon one? Oh, you know it, Home Slice? (laughs) We've been told to call people Home Slice because it's comforting. Does that comfort you, Will? Uh, It's Okay. She reached into her purse and took out the bar, and then she unwrapped it for me and fed it to me out of her hand. "'That's a good boy,' she said. "'Oh, you must be hungry.' "'I can hold it myself.' "'No, you can't.' "'Okay.' After I finished eating, Dr. Bromwell led me down the hallway to a small conference room. "'All right,' she said. "'Now we're about to go in. Would you like some time to change clothes?' "'I was probably just going to wear this.' "'Really?' A sweater and blue jeans? That's what you wear to court? Uh, (laughs) okay. Crazy. You're crazy. I love you, man. Then she opened the door. The room was illuminated solely by candlelight. A row of three towering podiums were set up facing us. At each of the podiums stood a tall, menacing figure, each in a blank, white mask. The one on the right was a crescent moon. The one on the left was a planet, almost like Saturn. And the one in the middle, the one with the highest podium, wore a mask of the sun. On each podium burned a thin, white candle. William Lindsay Hughes, said the one in the middle. Please be seated. I sat down in the desk they'd provided for me. Please stand, said Dr. Bromwell. Court is now in session. But they just stand, please, said the one wearing the mask of the moon. I stood. Thank you, said the sun mask. Be seated. I sat now. William Hughes, you stand accused of the greatest crime any college student can commit. Plagiarism. What do you have to... Dr. Chambers? What... uh No, sure you are. Yeah, you're Dr. Chambers. I was in your English class my freshman fall. Don't you remember? Cosmic realism and then that thing with the liver. (laughs) I think a lot of people have forgotten about that. Boy, that should have turned a lot of people against me. I committed a medical crime. Jess and I both, technically. That's what I should probably be on trial for. Enough, said the Planet Mask. We will now hear from your accuser. A spotlight came up in the room. It fell on a man with a greasy ponytail and a goatee. It was Dr. Metzger, my women's studies professor. Please state your name for the record, said Dr. Chambers. Patrick Metzger, said Dr. Metzger. Thank you, said Moon Mask. Now tell us what he did. He plagiarized his essay on Gloria Steinem's husband, David Bale. And what's more, he plagiarized it from a journal piece of which I am a co-author. That must be awful for you, said Planet Mask. You poor thing. Come to mama. Dr. Metzger went to her and she patted his head and gave him a small bottle of water. Dr. Bromwell approached the podium and offered him a Nutrigrain bar. If it would please us, said Dr. Chambers, which it would, would you please read for us a section that you believe Mr. Hughes stole? Gladly, said Dr. Metzger, and holding up a printout, he said, this is what I wrote all the way back in 2005. Quote, Recently, the world lost a giant in the animal rights arena. David Bale was funny, delightful, charming, and attractive by all accounts of his peers. In addition to being the father of actor Christian Bale, he is also the husband of little-known writer Gloria Steinem. And Mr. Hughes wrote, if I may quote, In the field of contemporary feminist authors, it feels almost antithetical to consider something as heteronormative as marriage to a man. And yet, this is the life path that noted feminist scholar Gloria Steinem chose following her 2000 wedding to South African-born animal rights activist David Bale. It goes on from there, but you see why I'm concerned. Objection, said Dr. Bromwell. Those two papers aren't remotely similar. Overruled, said Dr. Chambers. And Dr. Metzger turned to Planet Mask and said, Janet, do you want to get out of here and go do what comes naturally? I thought you'd never ask, she said. And then she took his hand and the two left the room. Where are they going? I asked. Off to have some alone time, said Dr. Chambers. They are married, after all, or was it not you, Mr. Hughes, who was advocating for feminists to get married? I sighed. In the room next door to us, I could suddenly hear the sound of Dr. Metzger and his wife becoming intimate. It sounded as if they were making no effort to close the door. So, said Dr. Chambers, do you have anything else to say, Mr. Hughes? Will, said Dr. Bromwell, plead the fifth. I can talk you out of this. I looked at her. I looked at them. Ah, fuck it. Just convict me already. And so they did. They reached over, blew out their candles, and the room was plunged into complete darkness. And they took me to the Panopticon. And I'll give them this. They did a good job building that place. I mean, if you want to talk about speedily built engineering, they built that place really quickly. Mrs. Marley Lipshot was there, dressed in the outfit of a 1600s-era executioner. As we walked down the long circular hallway, she stopped me. Prisoner 14533, a.k.a. William Hughes, in light of your heinous crimes against academic integrity, the Windler U Panopticon, sponsored by Villa Americana, has elected to keep you in solitary confinement for the entire Entirety of your sentence. Mrs. Lipshot, isn't the entire purpose of a panopticon that you don't need solitary confinement because you could theoretically always be watching us? She stared at me for a moment. A sour look crossed her face, and then she said, Don't you correct me. You know what? Now? Definitely solitary. It was already solitary. Well, Now it is even more so. Every day you will get up, you will be given your homework, you will have breakfast brought to you, it will be cold, it will immediately be followed by lunch, it will be warm, but it will be gazpacho soup, so you know, flipsy-flopsy, then more homework, and then dinner, a warmish dinner. What about bathroom stuff? There's a courtesy toilet in the room, but you'll have to find it. What about a shower? Twice a day, we'll stick a hose under the door and pump soapy water into the room. We won't tell you when, but whatever gets on you is yours to keep. "'What about betting? Don't be greedy.' I sighed. The guards led me on past the circular row of cells with despondent-looking students in black-and-white jumpsuits, like in the movies from the 30s. They scowled at me. "'Hi, fellas,' I said as we walked by. "'Don't engage with them,' said Mrs. Lipshot." "'Why? We're all in prison. They're in prison. You're in solitary. You're beneath them. Now come along.'" So I came along, and they took me to the showers and hosed me down, which felt nice, kind of like when I went to that really fancy restaurant with the bidet. And then they slapped me in a jumpsuit, took me down to the only door that you couldn't see through, tossed me in, and slammed it shut. I heard the sound of the door locking and sat down. Not a lot of use to fight it, I guess. I decided I'd just wait around until eventually they brought me either a meal or the homework came or they came by to spray me down in the buttocks again. And of course, I didn't want that, but then again, nobody does. And so yeah, that's how I came to be here. I don't know how long I've been here or how long I'm going to be here or what's going on in the outside world. They just send me homework and I do it. And sometimes they tell me what the grades are, but I'm pretty sure that if I'm not careful, I'm going to flunk my feminism class. I can't really imagine Dr. Metzger is too happy with me. So, yeah. What do you think? I think it's quite the story. Thank you. I know it's a little all over the place.
1: No, I quite enjoyed it.
0: Hmm. Uh, can I just ask you a question? Are you real? Real? Like, are you really here with me? Or are you just a hallucination my mind made up after God only knows how much sensory deprivation?
1: What an odd question. We're talking, aren't we?
0: Well, logically, you shouldn't be here.
1: So that means I'm not real. Your standards for real may need to be adjusted.
0: Fair. So who are you?
1: Take a look, Will. Don't you recognize me? Sydney? Almost. The real Sydney crossed over to the spirit realm last spring. I'm the being that you have all nicknamed Mr. Floofles.
0: The space monster from outside the observatory?
1: That's right. I chose this form because I know that in the past, Sydney was a confidant to you. But... How are you here? And how are we talking? Projection. You have your friend Olivia to thank for that. Over the past several months, she has been attempting to make contact with me. Decipher my language. And in turn, I began to decipher yours. At first, she taught me how to communicate with thumps. Two thumps means no. One means yes. You understand.
0: I understand. One thump.
1: Eventually... I came to understand your alphabet, your words. Though I still make some oopsie-poopsies sometimes. I have trouble consummating verbs, irregardless. Not a word. I have come to warn you, Will. You have to get out of here. Why? Even as we speak, the black mold on these walls is creeping into your lungs. If you don't free yourself, you'll develop pneumonia, which, if left unchecked in this dark room... Will kill me. Correct. You need to get out of here.
0: I think that might be difficult, you know, given the prison of it all.
1: So you'd prefer to sit here and wither? I don't know. I find that sad.
0: Yeah? Well, why do you care?
1: Truthfully, it's because I care about Olivia. She's my friend. And she loves you.
0: Olivia barely knows me. The only thing that bonds us together is what happened to us as babies. It's not like we're exactly close. After this trial, we're probably just going to grow apart.
1: Further than you can imagine.
0: What does that mean?
1: In time.
0: Yeah, well...
1: But nothing lasts forever,
0: you know? Why are you here? Why do you care about me?
1: Because I've been watching you, Will. For what cause? Because I need you. For what? Believe it or not, you will play a very crucial role in preventing a cat's after-piece.
0: You mean a catastrophe?
1: That's the one. Sorry. These human languages don't care for them.
0: Well, I'm happy you think I could be the chosen one or whatever, but... I'm not great at preventing catastrophes. I've had a pretty catastrophic year, actually.
1: Do tell. What do
0: you care? You don't know me.
1: Pretend that I'm your friend. Pretend I'm Sydney. You could tell her anything, couldn't you?
0: I suppose.
1: Then pretend I'm her.
0: All right. Um, How much do you know about me?
1: I know you were born not 20 miles from here. I know what Villa Americana did to you. I've listened to your conversations. I've been in that head of yours. I know.
0: Then why do you want me to tell you all these things?
1: To prove a point. And what point is that? That you can do more than just lying around in a jail cell.
0: I've been here two days.
1: You've been here a month. A month. You're joking. Time's a funny thing, isn't it?
0: I don't, um... I I didn't feel it.
1: I'll bet you did. No, I... You've been sleeping a lot?
0: What else is there to do?
1: You eat. You sleep. You do homework. Correct. You're not allowed a phone? No. You're not allowed to see people? No. And the only computer they gave you. It can't send emails. It can't message anyone. Will, please understand. They have locked you in here. They may not let you out. No one knows you're here. And they have left you to rot. And and do you know why? The trial. That's right.
0: So, the trial is the event that... No, no. Not the trial?
1: It's not the trial, but... The trial will kick-start the event. How? I can't tell you. Why? You'll know in time. You're frustrating me! Tell me about your year, Will. Recollect for me.
0: Fine. For the millionth time... It was me.
1: That is to say... Will Hughes?
0: Yes. Yes, that's right. Um... And I moved into a dorm with this new roommate, but he was on drugs, so that didn't last. And then they moved in this new new roommate, and his name was Hugh. And they moved him in because he was a science experiment.
1: In what way?
0: The bio department figured out how to get a goldfish to evolve into a man, and that was Hugh. And Hugh... Hugh trusted me, and he was entrusted to me. I was supposed to look after him, teach him about the world, and I thought I could, but evidently I was wrong, and he got brainwashed by fascists on the internet and then locked up in
1: the woods. Unfortunate. It was. And then, I understand, the simpleton moved in.
0: That would be Trevor, yes.
1: What was he like? I liked it.
0: I guess... I liked not being alone.
1: You don't like being alone, do you, Will?
0: Uh, I've never been alone.
1: I see. Hmm. How perplexing for you. What happened then?
0: Villa Americana kept building on campus. They built this tower, advanced security cameras, and now they've kicked out Collins.
1: In fairness, Was Dr. Collins really that helpful? I... Well... I'm not hearing a yes.
0: He was comfortable. Like an old boot. Like, sure, you could switch it up for something better, but also that old boot can be pretty nice when you don't have to think about all the times it's stepped in dog turds. Certainly. Where is he now? Do you know?
1: After the board voted him out, He ran and hid out in the most despicable nest of sickness and debauchery he could find.
0: And where is that?
1: His timeshare in Secaucus, New Jersey. Who gets a
0: timeshare in Secaucus, New Jersey?
1: Dr. Edward Collins, three weeks out of the year.
0: Oh, God, he got scanned.
1: (laughs) He really did. He really did. Be that as it may, what happened then?
0: You already know all this. Uh... After all this, I went to go find my dad, and that went spectacularly poorly. And then there was the deposition, and then there was my little trip to Kentucky. And then I got arrested.
1: For academic misconduct?
0: Correct.
1: Did you plagiarize your essay, Will?
0: Of course not. Dr. Metzger isn't smart enough for me to plagiarize from.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So now there's not much to do, but sit and wait apparently well you've been sitting and waiting for a month
0: uh, i'm sure a change is just around the corner
1: these walls are thin will thinner than a robert durst alibi you could have spent this time trying to tunnel out this is the one room where nobody's watching you
0: well, where would i go i'd be a fugitive
1: from windler university Not from the law.
0: I'd still be expelled.
1: Did you or did you not try and leave campus? You thought about running away with Nora Trent, didn't you? Living out the rest of your college career at your noxious, nasty-ass rival school.
0: Prescott College. I thought about it. Nora said no.
1: Why? What? Why do you think that Nora said no, Will?
0: She didn't want to force our relationship that fast. It's not unusual.
1: Maybe. Or maybe she just wanted an out. How do you mean? What I mean is, didn't it strike you curious that a woman you only met once, one year prior, would want to date you?
0: I'm sexy?
1: Better. You're interesting. Thank you. Not a compliment. How would that not be a compliment? Think about it, Will. Nora Trent is a psychology major. When she met you, you weren't even six months back in society. Awkward as a Zorkalax in a hoop skirt. What's a Zorkalax? Oh, you don't have those on Earth? No. Oh, I guess that didn't transfer. I guess the closest metaphor would be like a giraffe. She started dating you around Halloween. And do you know why?
0: She, She likes me. I'm a person of good character.
1: Is it that? Think back, Will. How many nights has she spent letting you vent to her? Oh,
0: don't even get me started. All the nights, basically.
1: Exactly. I don't get it. Well, some people fall for people with baggage. Some people love broken people because it makes them feel more stable.
0: That's not what's going on here.
1: Honey, face it. Nora doesn't love you for who you are. She loves you for what you were. But then, you already know that, don't you?
0: I don't want to have this conversation with you anymore. Please go away.
1: You can't get rid of me. I'm not going anywhere.
0: Well, I don't want to talk to you anymore.
1: You can talk to me, Will.
0: See, Sydney, I can talk to Olivia. Wait,
2: how did you get here? I've been here. I've literally been here this whole time. Really? Oh, yeah. Basically the whole time you've been locked up. Really? I had to check in on you. Make sure you didn't lose it in here.
0: You don't think I have, do you? Because Sydney over there seems to think that I've cracked.
2: Oh, Mr. Floodball's? Don't worry about him. He's not trustworthy. But you can trust your old buddy, Oliviana.
0: You mean Olivia?
1: Well, don't trust her. Clearly, it's the mold spores in here
2: doing something to your brain. She's trying to convince you I'm not real. Don't listen to her. She's not real. Maybe you're not real. Oh, I didn't even
0: think of that. Maybe you aren't real.
1: That's ridiculous.
2: Well...
0: Come and watch TV with me. Uh, sure. What's on? Oh, this isn't one of those slow Scandinavian shows. Look
2: around, Will. Where do you think
0: we are? My jail cell?
2: Are we? Take another look.
0: I... Are we in a hotel room? Sure are.
3: But do you remember
0: which hotel room? Uh... It's Austin. It's Austin, Texas, and we're here for the shareholders meeting. It's you, and it's me, and where's David? I'm
2: right here, Will.
1: Will, there is no hotel room. Come back to me.
0: Oh, David, I was worried. I thought you'd both forgotten about me.
2: Nonsense. We'd never forget about you, Will. We're the spectacular three, you know? The real-life thing we're always calling each other. Yes,
0: yes, of course, we We always called ourselves that. Sure do. Uh, you guys wouldn't believe what's been happening to me of late. Oh, yeah? Tell us about it. Well, I found out today, apparently, I've been a prisoner in solitary for a month.
2: Well, that doesn't sound possible. I know! Because they don't normally let prisoners in solitary fly to Texas and stay in hotels,
0: do they? I know, right? And what's worse, they say apparently the fungus on the walls is trying to kill me. You guys wouldn't know anything about that, would you?
2: No. Fungus is just a myth.
0: Fungus is just a myth, David. Thank you. That's what I know you've been saying for years.
2: Maybe you should talk to Dr. Ballard about this.
0: Yeah, you're right. I should go and look for her. She always gives good advice.
2: I don't trust that woman. Really? I think she's up to something. Well, obviously she is, you know? We don't know anything, Will. This is January of 2020. We don't know that she's your mother yet. Yeah, stupid. Oh,
0: oh, that's right. You won't find that out for another several months. I
3: think
2: it's wrong she kept that from you, like all this time. Almost makes you think she doesn't really love you.
0: She does, just in a way that's confusing and hard to understand, like God or a stepbrother. Uh, of course, I guess we have had some drama lately.
2: That kind of makes me think you should kill her. What? Nothing, just spitballing. No bad ideas in spitballing. Yeah, well, she's still my mother. She sure is. Not really. She's sure not. How do you mean? Well, think about it. It's early 2020. You haven't found out that she's your mother yet.
3: That means, legally, she's not your mother yet. You understand?
2: Makes sense if you don't think about it. I guess you're right. Oh, so, logically speaking, Stephen and I are the only family you got. Well, yeah, that's
0: True. Th- that's absolutely true. The only family you need are the people who were genetically tested on as babies.
2: <laughs> that's right. And you know what it takes to be a family? It takes trust. Trust. Communication. Tell the nation. And it takes a very special hat. Special. A special hat? Yeah. Yeah. You just have to wear the friendship crown. The what-what? The friendship crown. You know, the real-life thing that we good buddies are just all the time wearing? This thing. You've never seen this before? What is that? Duh,
0: it's the friendship crown. It looks like it's made out of moldy skin. And quite frankly, it smells like bad onion rings. And, oh, the insides of it are
2: sharp. Of course they're sharp. It needs to stay securely fastened to your scalp, otherwise it'll fall out. I don't want to wear this. But you must. I really think not. But you must. But I... Just do it. I need to be able to access your brain.
0: My brain? Are you guys secretly fungus? You tell me if you were secretly fungus, right? Like, you're not secretly fungus spores trying to access my brain.
2: What a preposterous person you are, Will. If we were Fungus trying to access your brain, why would we give you a friendship crown that would allow us to take control of your brain? Right, um, I think I'm gonna go. Aw, don't leave, that'll make me big time sad. That'd give us the big time saddie. Yeah, you guys are being weird today. Oh, come on, Will, you know it's right. Try as hard as you want. You'll always be one of the freaks. You'll always be one of us. One of us, one of us. This isn't right. I don't think I want this. Break his legs. Will. Will. We just want to talk to you. Don't be scared.
1: Will.
0: Sydney. Where are you? I can't see you.
1: I'm right here. Tell me where you are right now.
0: Uh, all right. I'm in, I'm in a hotel. Uh, or it's a hotel in Austin, Texas.
1: No, you're in a cell.
0: Uh, I don't know, Sid. This hotel feels pretty real to me, to be honest. All my friends are acting pretty strange.
1: Come back to me, Will.
0: Hold on. There's a door. It's... Room... 214. Sydney, this is my freshman year dorm room.
1: Will, it's another trick.
0: I think this one's the real deal, Sid.
1: Please do not go through that door.
0: I'm gonna go through the door, Sydney.
1: Why do I bother?
0: Hello? Anyone? It's really dark in here.
4: Dear old sport Awful lot of rockets out there I shouldn't think. Noah? Noah? Oh, good lord No, dear boy I'm Inspector British Inspector British Yes And you're my faithful sidekick Rust in the town flasher We're about to go To track down the disappearance Of Lady Port Marmalade's Diamond-encrusted chihuahua Don't you see? I don't see Oh, pish tosh, and sticky wickets, Rustin, we haven't even a single minute to post hence. Now, anchors away and jolly roger, we shall all go at once to collect the wild mountain time among the purple heather. Will you go, laddie?
1: Well, where are we now?
4: Oh, of all the rare bits and whales, there's that voice again. I remember this.
0: Uh, this was fall freshman year, around Halloween. Uh...
1: Oh, yeah.
0: The serial killer was in town. Noah's having a nervous breakdown and has convinced himself that he's a British private eye.
1: What's got him so upset?
4: I can still hear it! Oh! Oh, Rustin. The moon, Rustin. The moon turns my mind every which way. It's you. Me? Noah's
0: scared because you told him that if we didn't catch the serial killer by Halloween night, you would kill him. Or Sydney would kill him, I guess, not you, Mr. Flufuls. Oh, God, this is really confusing. I'm going to try and snap him out.
1: No, Will, don't engage.
0: Hey, Noah, Noah, come back to me. But he's here, Rustin. I mean... Will. No. No, she's not. You're imagining things. She's not here. It's no one
4: but me. Hi. Will? Hi, buddy. I thought the ghost was here.
0: No. Well, but but she's gonna kill me! No, I promise she won't, alright? And I can make that promise, Noah, because I've lived this night before. Tomorrow, we go out and catch the serial killer. He's the bakery owner, Martin Mershner.
4: Of Martin Mershner's marzipan and shortening?
0: The same. Noah, listen, I'm so sorry I made you summon the ghost. That was all my fault, all right? But I promise you, we make it through, and she's not going to hurt
4: you. Oh, that's a relief. Yeah. I really lost it there. Well, thank you. You're a good friend to me. You're welcome. I'm sorry I put you through all this. Think think nothing of it. Let's relax and watch some dirty rock.
0: <sighs> I'd like nothing better.
4: Oh, but before we do, I just have one little favor. You want me to grab us a snack? No, I have something for you. It's a fun little hat.
0: A hat. Would this hat happen to look anything like a crown? Maybe one made of fish scales and mold? Maybe. And would it also happen to be called a friendship crown?
1: Yeah, here, try it on, Will. I think
0: it'll fit. I don't want to try on the friendship crown. I think it'll look stylish on you. I don't. Try it on. No.
4: It was made especially from you. What? What? For you. Sorry, my brain's not always the best at being a brain. (laughs) Much lulls. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Sit the fuck back down. You disappoint me. Noah, what the fuck? Noah? Oh, hell, you've been talking to my son again. What? You know how he is. Not one scrap of spine in him. I don't know where Claire and I went so wrong. Now, his sister, on the other hand... Stop this. Are you enjoying her, Will? Are you enjoying Nora? What? Are you enjoying dating Nora? Oh, um...
0: I don't know. I I don't know if she likes me, to tell you the truth.
4: What would make you think that? I have to go? Get back here! We're not going home till you bag a buck! Now pull that trigger and kill something. I'm leaving. Put the hat on. I said no! Don't you walk away when I'm talking with you. I didn't raise you to embarrass me like that. You're scaring me. I don't see why. I barely ever yell. I've never laid a hand on you. I play catch. I've been to all your stupid little school plays. And when I do get mad, see, it's just because I want them to take you seriously. No one is gonna respect you if you sit around all day and play soupy booty. Now put on the crown. I said no. Come back here.
1: Will? William? Where are you now?
0: I don't know. I don't recognize this place.
1: Are you sure? It must be someplace, you know. Think back. What do you see?
0: Uh It's snowing. And it's gray outside. The whole place is gray.
1: Does that mean anything?
0: No. Wait, yes, yes. Uh, it's it's Seattle. It's Seattle at Christmas time and it's 2019. I'm here with Jess. Her mom's sick, and this is the apartment her dad is renting to me.
1: Will? Don't let her in.
3: Too late. You can't lock me out, Will. I'm not really here. Yeah, but Jess... I'm not really, Jess. I'm a figment of your sad, sad imagination meant to resemble Jess. In actuality, I'm a mold spore infesting your brain. Oh!
2: Boom! Called
3: it! I'm not trying to hide it. What would be the point? You're not responding to kindness. You're not responding to guilt or threats. So I'm just going to sit here and talk to you calmly, like a real person. I don't think so.
0: Please sit. I don't. Sit. Okay.
3: This is a great apartment, you know.
0: Yeah, your dad really took good care of me. He was glad you were here. Thank you. I was too. Yeah? It meant a lot. You're a good friend to me. Thank you. You are too, or... I I guess the person that you're based on is... So how do you know all this stuff?
3: Because you know it, Will. Deep down, you know it. It's how I know that you'll put on this crown if I just ask nicely.
0: And what happens then? You'll all infest my brain? Yes,
3: but think about it, Will. You'll get to have so much fun. We'll all keep you company until the end of your days.
0: Yeah, tomorrow. All your days. Which will be tomorrow, or the next day. If you don't kill me, the pneumonia will.
3: And those long, last moments will be there for you. You'll get to spend all your time in this wonderful place where all the stories are better than they've ever been and everything is happy and sunshine and wee dandy, like Narnia. Remember that? Remember that, Will? How the last Narnia book ends with C.S. Lewis pulling a complete Shyamalan just to be a little bitch? Remember that? Do you remember that?
0: I'll be honest, I don't think enough people remember that the last book of the beloved children's fiction series, The Chronicles of Narnia, ends with all the characters having been revealed to be dead in a train crash the entire time.
3: We should rewrite it.
0: Yeah. Wait, no, no, you're trying to trick me into staying here.
3: Oh, Will, I don't need to trick you. Don't you get it, Will? It's either die in here with us or die in that cell alone. And we all know that you're unable to be alone.
0: I'm not unable to be alone. I don't like to be alone. It makes me sad to be alone. I can't be alone, but I'm not unable. Right.
1: Tell her the gambit has failed and walk out.
0: What she said. That's
3: fine. You can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. Get it? Like Hotel California. Now that's gonna be stuck in your head all day.
0: Sadly for you, I don't like the
3: eagles. (gasps) Well played,
0: Will. Goodbye, Jess.
1: Good job, Will. Now look around for an exit. Hopefully we can work our way out of here
0: there's only one door left. Guess let's try it.
1: Where are we now? Well?
0: We're in a small glass room. there's bright fluorescence everywhere. This is my cell.
1: Back at the laboratory? Yeah. Well, do you think you can get out?
0: No. It locks from the outside.
1: So I suppose you've locked it.
0: Yes. That would be correct.
1: So, your home?
0: Just like I left it. Same dirty clothes, same unmade bed.
1: I was gonna say. It has a fair amount of... I think you humans call it... Boy smell, in here.
0: Yeah, I know. But it's mine. Is that a bird? I think it's a crow.
1: How did it get here?
0: I... I don't know. Oh, Willie, don't tell me you don't recognize dear old mom.
1: Oh my god. Your mother turned into a crow. That's unexpected. But who's this?
0: Andrew Callan, Toots. Pleased to meet you.
1: So this is... My father.
0: Hi, Dad. Willie, your mother and I have been having a talk. Let me handle this, Janie. Now, son, why have you been running around all day? You've been causing an awful lot of trouble for all your little friends. Leave me alone, Dad. What? I thought you wanted to get to know me. Isn't this what you've always wanted, Willie? Me and dear old Mom together at last? Leave me alone. This isn't something that happened. You never came to visit me the entire time I was in here. Oh, kiddo. That's because you're an accident and inconvenience and deeply unworthy of my love and affection. But the important thing is, I'm here now. A good parent, am I? Are we? Come on, Will. Stay here. Don't be a clown. Wear the crown. Then... Seriously, Will. Just
3: put on the crown. You know it's the rational thing to do. Yeah, seriously.
2: Be your best friend. Do it for us, Will. For the good of the cause. And if you don't, remember, we can always leave you in this cell to rot.
0: Just like we should have done years ago. Just like you did to Hugh. How dare you. What, son? It's just one tiny life. It's a goldfish. It was his life, dad. And he deserved better than that. And so do I. (laughs) Bro, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Stop! That's enough from all of you. I am done letting you spin me out. This is my head. Mine! Fuck you. You're none of you real. And... And neither is this cell. I'll show you. It's not a cell anymore. Look around you, and you'll notice it's the lake. My lake. David, you once told me that you loved this place. You must remember that. I do. I guess. Just about this time last year, I had quite the breakdown out here. I'm sure you remember. I remember. What you don't know, and what I never told you that after my mother fished me out having you here with Dr. Holloway two of you made me feel safe and I never told you that but thank you
2: I you're welcome
0: and that's why I'm leaving you here what? I'm leaving you here you can't leave someone here Will it's too late it's my mind I'm leaving him here We're not even at the lake anymore. Olivia. Yeah? Do you know where we are now?
2: Uh... The Austin
0: Airport. I flew out of here after the shareholders meeting. After the shareholders meeting, I came here to fly home, and that was a very bittersweet trip for all of us. But when you told me you were thinking of coming to Windler, I loved that. The thing that got me through flying home was you the thought of seeing you again. And I never told you, you're, you're like a sister to me. Goodbye, Olivia. Will, stop this. Jess, do you know where we are? The library, what of it? Not just the library. It's the library last year, last February. You walked in on me and Sydney talking, and that was where I thought you found out that I had been a lake monster, though I learned different later, of course. I wasn't sure what you'd think, but you were kind to me. You took me back to your dorm and made me a drink, and we talked for hours. Do you remember that? Of course I do. You treated me like a person when I didn't think I deserved to be treated like a person. And you asked if I wanted you to walk me home. And I said no. I wanted to walk alone. And I think I'm going to do that now. Goodbye, Jess. Goodbye, Will. What about me? Noah. I'm going to take you to the radio station after our interview this fall. You and I went into town and got tater tots. It was nice. It was nice, wasn't it? Noah, you're nothing like him. I know you know that. Thank you. Goodbye, my friend. Hi, Mom. I'm sorry that I don't know very much about you. And I'm sorry that I made you a crow in my imagination. Uh, the truth is, I love you, and I like you. And I am grateful every day that you're here. And you. Dad. I haven't forgotten you. Will. Barnes and Noble. What? After you stood me up at the Cheesecake Factory... I went to the Barnes & Noble and I shopped there for about an hour until Noah came back. And I had a great time. And I never told any of them that you stood me up. Really? Nope. I told Noah that we had a great time. And... That was that. Why? Because... At the end of the day... Wouldn't have changed anything no matter what I said. I love you, Dad. But... I'm nothing like you. Now get the fuck out of my head. Okay. I think that should be everyone. And now, it's me. That is to say, Will Hughes.
1: Yes, yes it is.
0: And I'm not in a hotel, or a dorm, or an apartment. I'm in a jail cell.
1: That's correct.
0: Tell me what to do.
1: I'll tell you right now. Do you hear that noise? Kevin is a terrible prison guard. Right now, there's a riot happening. Your cell's not being watched. This is a cheap American engineered building. The walls have weaknesses. If you use your dinner tray, you could break out.
0: It's brilliant.
1: Before you go, I need to tell you something. They love you, you know? All of those people. Well, the real ones, anyway. Not the spores. Because of you, Noah has come into his own. He could go on to be a great actor or anything else he wants. Because of you, Jess didn't have to be alone. She's going to be a strong, confident leader. You've been kind to Olivia all the time you've known her. She'll do great things. And your mother... She's
0: a wonderful woman.
1: Yes, she is.
0: Thank you. This trial... I'm afraid, Sydney.
1: Let me ask you something. Well. What's your happiest memory? It, it's you. Me?
0: Sydney, the real Sydney. Last spring, the day she moved on, she and I were talking and it, it was raining. Not a hard rain, just beautiful spring, soft rain. There were petals on all the flowering trees on the quad. It was a beautiful day. And just after she left, just before I went to the library, there was this minute where everything seemed quiet. And I felt like for the first time in my life, everything was gonna be okay. And it will, won't it? There's no top, there's no bottom to sink to, but I'm done sinking, Sydney.
1: Take a moment now, Will, before you break out, go to that moment and stay there and stay perfectly silent. Silent? And you, you listening to this, Yes, you, this very you. Be silent
2: too.
0: What are you talking about?
2: Now it's you. I opened my eyes in the dark and she was gone.
0: I coughed a little and stood, and then I picked up the cafeteria tray and began to knock on the wall, and I realized it wasn't made of stone, it was made of wood. This whole time, it had been wood. I began to bang with my fist until finally I heard the sound of hollowness, and I swung the tray once, twice, three times, and a hole began to appear. I kept swinging until finally it was big enough for me to crawl through, it was cold out, but not harsh. A light rain was falling, and the streetlights were on, and the sun was just setting up ahead. A month. Now it was early March, and that meant that the trial would be beginning any day now. I jumped down and landed on the soft, wet grass, and I stayed there for a minute. It was so good to feel that grass. Up ahead, I saw the student union, and instinctively I began to walk towards it. I coughed a little. I would need to get some medicine, but first, a little coffee would do me good. I was technically a fugitive, but I didn't really think that would matter. I went in and bought a small mocha. The barista, Allison, gave me a smile as she made it. I thought maybe you transferred, she said. They must be working you pretty hard these days. Oh, yeah, you know, these midterms, killer. I took the cup of coffee and went up to the third floor. There's still a phone on the wall up there. I went up to it and dialed my mother's number. She picked up on the final ring. Hello, she said. Her voice sounded shaky. And I said, It's me. Dryland was created by, written by, and performed by Adam frost Venrick as Will. This episode featured the voices of Francesca DiFrancesco as Sydney, Ariel Russell as Jess, Ethan McAtee as Noah, Anaya Fernandez-Doki as Olivia, and William Maine as David. Thank you for listening, and please tune in next time for more Dryland.